On today's What If Wednesday, let's take a look back at Juan Soto. What if the Nationals decided not to part ways with the superstar? Well, it looked a little different, to say the least. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. For all your latest Nationals news and notes, just make sure to check us out over on there. And while you're at it, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Nationals there. Later on in today's show, we're going to get into some outlooks, you could say. Talking about Trevor Williams, we all know he's going to be here in Washington, D.C. for another year. So what should the Nationals do with him? Because let's be honest, starting pitching, this probably ain't for him anymore. We're going to get into that and really what it should be going forward with Trevor Williams. But then also, how can the Nationals maximize their offseason? What do they have to do? Is it sign a certain player? Is it sign a certain position player? Is it get someone to maybe sign an extension who's already on this roster right here and right now. We're going to discuss that and get into it a little bit later on. But on this What If Wednesday, the big hard-hitting question is, what if the Nationals did not trade away Juan Soto? Before we get that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's a 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So let's get started here because it's a what if Wednesday now. Over this course of this offseason, we come up with a what if question here and really just kind of any hypothetical. What if the Nationals signed this free agent? What if Steven Strasburg never got hurt? Whatever it may be, that's kind of the hypothetical we're getting at here. So let's kind of take a look back at one of the biggest storylines in all of baseball from a year and a half ago, and really over the last two years, was the Nationals trading away superstar phenom Juan Soto at the young age, 22, 23 years old, trading him away for that package of what you got in return, a package in sports history that we have never seen before in any single sport, quite literally out there. You will never, at least at this moment in time, you will never see anything quite like that trade. So if the Nationals decided not to do it, looking at this roster right now, here are the guys who are on the Major League roster from that trade already. You have shortstop C.J. Abrams and starting pitcher Mackenzie Gore. Now, I think that you can make the case sitting here today that, well, not even make the case, I think it's just simply facts at this point. Those two guys, Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, those two players are right there, probably two of your top three most valuable players on this roster right here today. And that's just those two guys, because we all know the main names of that trade was Robert Hassel, James Wood, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore as well, both being top 10 prospects at one point in time. Also having a throw in like a Yarlin Susana, who has kind of been struggling here and there, but we'll get into that a little bit later on this offseason. If the Nationals were to decide to, let's stay with Juan Soto here, because 
we know what we can get. We know whatever package that we would get in return from Juan Soto, it's going to help our farm system. It's going to help us in the long run. That is why the Nationals even considered making that trade. You would not have been trading away Juan Soto if it was like a half-year rental, in my opinion. You would be getting a decent prospect in return. But if they were to wait even just to last offseason, let's say we want to trade them away now, which probably would have been the case if they didn't pull that away at last year's deadline. If the Nationals decided to go that route, you probably wouldn't be getting a Mackenzie Gore in that deal. You may not be getting your C.J. Abrams. Who knows what a James Wood trade would look like and even then what you would get in return. We don't really know the unknowns at this point in time. But from as far as what we can gather and really getting all these different things here, kind of gathering the prospects and how the Padres develop these guys, the Nationals, if they did not trade away Juan Soto, we would be in a pretty messy situation. And this rebuild, I can tell you right now, it would probably be maybe two, maybe three years longer than what it is already. Because getting guys and assets like Gore, like C.J. Abrams, let's start with C.J. Abrams. You kind of have your cornerstone shortstop who could be someone that is your franchise caliber kind of player, face of the franchise type. Now, is C.J. Abrams at that level at this moment? Not necessarily, but we all saw the strides that he made from last year going into this season, sealing bases again, getting on base at a better rate, slugging, batting average, all the different things that we wanted to see him take jumps, he did. And this season, I think going into 2024, you're probably going to see a much better growth from your young shortstop. And then on the other hand with Mackenzie Gore, who in my opinion is probably the Nationals, eh, I would actually say right here, right now, he is the Nationals' best pitcher on this roster. That's truly what I believe when it comes to Mackenzie Gore. You can talk about Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray is an all-star. He's going to be a very good pitcher down the line for this Nationals team. But Mackenzie Gore has got that higher ceiling. He's got that ceiling of a Cy Young type, in my opinion. Now, is he going to get to that level someday? Who knows? That's ultimately up to the Nationals to see what they can do and really just get the best out of a prospect like Mackenzie Gore. But the Nationals, they wouldn't be in this situation. The Nationals wouldn't have been taking the jump that they did from 2022 to 2023 without C.J. Abrams and then also without Mackenzie Gore. So just looking at the Major League side of it, you would have to have a shortstop to fill. You would have to have another starting pitcher to fill if you don't have Mackenzie Gore in the rotation. Those are two prominent roles in which, by the way, Mackenzie Gore was your second best pitcher on the roster this year. You would have to fill both those roles in which are not easy holes to fill, especially if you're not going out there and spending the money in free agency, which the Nationals, they've decided not to do up to this point. So making that trade, get obviously you're trading away a future Hall of Famer, someone who's going to be one of the better hitters of this generation, in my opinion. Yeah, you're going to miss out on some of those things. You're going to miss out on just having Juan Soto, having the merchandise to sell his name, and you can sell the fan base that we're going to turn around because we have Juan Soto. You can say all that thing and all the different things that come with Soto, but you cannot tell me this, that the Nationals trading him away, that has put us in a better position in order to win more baseball games, in order to get back into the postseason. Now, if Juan Soto, let's just say this hypothetical on this what-if Wednesday. 
What if the Nationals never won the World Series in 2019? What would it kind of look like? Would they still be in this rebuild? Or would they have just pursued a little bit longer, hoping that Trey Turner and Juan Soto and signing Kyle Schwarber and moves like that would generate and hopefully just get themselves over the hump? It's an interesting thought, to say the least. But also, on the other hand of it, the Nationals made the right decision moving off of Juan Soto when they did. Because again, you can talk about all the teams that are the Astros, all the the dynasties in baseball, the Giants, all those teams, it started with the farm system. You can even talk about the Nationals and their run in the 2010s. It started in the farm system. If you're not going to have those assets, those cheap assets coming up in through your system, making the major leagues and making a major impact, then guess what? You're probably out of luck. Because in these situations, like with the Braves winning, a lot of those guys were home-made. A lot of the guys from the Astros, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, all the different guys, Alex Bregman, homemade, guys that they drafted, guys that they have developed over time. You look at Major League Baseball teams, all of the good ones that have been really good for a while, like the Astros, the Dodgers, the Braves are starting to come up on that point here. All of these teams have all made it through the farm system. The Nationals, they had one of, if not the worst farm system as far as baseball goes, just up until the last two years, really, you could say. They had no one coming up. And if we know this, which we do, Mike Rizzo over the last few years, and whoever's been running the draft, it hasn't been all that pretty. So the Nationals, in order to jumpstart this rebuild, in order to jumpstart maybe the next postseason team down the line, the smart thing to do was to trade away Soto. You just had to have made that move to rejuvenate your farm system that was so bleak and so just blah, to say the least. The farm system is where it starts here. That is where the Nationals are going to have to build going forward. And moving forward, they are in a much better position because you have your top 10 prospect in baseball now with James Wood that you got in that trade. You have your shortstop with C.J. Abrams. You have your big stud pitcher with Mackenzie Gore. Robert Hassel was another big name in that package. He hasn't been faring out all too well. But still, when you get a package of elite caliber prospects like the ones we got, you're going to swing and miss on a couple, but you're also going to hit on a few. Now, if the Nationals don't, let's say a couple of them flounder out, let's say James Wood isn't what we expect him to be, then yeah, that is an issue. And then we're going to look back at this trade and say, why didn't we trade? Why did we trade away Juan Soto when you get back this, this, and that for a Hall of Fame caliber player? The Nationals, they made the right decision. But now it's also just up to developing these prospects in which it's not going to be an easy process. It's not going to be even a, probably a fun process. It's going to be a lot of different struggles and a lot of different adversities that'll come their way. But still, they made the right decision. That has never been a question in my mind. But if the Nationals decided not to trade him away, we'd be in a much worse situation. And we'd probably be the talk of the offseason this year saying, what are the Nationals going to do with Juan Soto? They just turned down one of the biggest contracts in MLB history. What are they going to do? Well, they probably wouldn't have done much because if he were to hit free agency here in D.C. and you had this team with 
let's say you take away the Padres trade, you have Brady House, who's a very solid prospect, and Elijah Green. You have a, a, a Dylan Cruz now, obviously. Other than that, not that many guys. You don't have your Gore. You don't have your Abrams. All those different moves that kind of add up. And also, those pieces could be used to maybe make a trade down the line in order to send a top prospect and get another star in return. Who knows what the Nationals could do, but trading away Juan Soto opened those doors for any possibility out there. Either that guy's going to be a good player for your ball club, or maybe you trade him away and try to get someone else in return for him for a team that may utilize this prospect in a different manner. I think it opens up the just jackbox here of what could happen, and that is why I would trade away Juan Soto any day of the week. I love Juan Soto. He's a great player. Obviously, a Hall of Fame talent. The Nationals, they had to move on. And they moved on at the right time, in my opinion. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, if you want to check us out, just search Locked On Nationals, including on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscriber button there before we move on and kind of talk about how the Nats can maximize their offseason let me tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel and guys score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Like with Thursday Night Football this week, if you want to take a look at some prop bets or some over-unders, you can do that because that's what I like to do with our friends at FanDuel, and it's so easy. But when you do that, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Now let's get back into it as the Nationals, they've got a big offseason ahead here, or do they? Well, I guess that's debatable for now. We could say the least, but how can the Nationals really maximize their offseason? Because the Nationals over the last few years, it's been relatively quiet ever since you traded a, you traded for someone like a Josh Bell. The Nationals haven't really been doing too much in the offseason, haven't really been making any splash signings here and there that really kind of gets you Ken Rosenwald to say breaking, the Nationals signed this player, breaking, the Nationals traded for X, whatever it may be. The Nationals, it's just been a little bit quiet here and there, which is, you know, kind of the expectation as we sit here today. But still, how can the Nationals now maximize their offseason? How can the Nationals get the most of this offseason? Well, the Nationals, it starts with this, in my opinion. The Nationals, they're going to have to be in the market of these free agent pillow contracts. The Nationals... This is something to where, in my opinion, if I was GM, GM Ryan Claring, you may agree with this, you may not. I would sign all the players to one-year deals. For instance, last year with Cody Bellinger. You see Cody Bellinger coming off a down year. He was non-tendered by the LA Dodgers. And really what was a little bit of a surprising move, even after his really bad 2021 season, or 2022 season as well. It hasn't been good for Cody Bellinger since 2019, to say the least. That is someone that you look at, and for where this Nationals team is, 
why don't you go out there and make kind of a splashy move like that? And I think the Nationals probably looking back at that offseason, was it money that they weren't willing to spend? Who knows? Because we don't really see the reports out of it. You see the rumors. You see that people say that the Nats don't really want to spend their money. But even then, it's still broad. And the Nationals, we have seen them spend money even at an expensive rate in years past. But have they done it in the best way possible? Because again, if the Nationals were, let's say they did sign Cody Bellinger last year, you're looking at someone that you were giving up Really, you might be overpaying for him for just that one year. But still, the entire end goal here is in order to get Cody Bellinger back on the right track and hopefully, just hopefully, he can find a way to start hitting again, hitting for power, playing good defense, which is something he has always done. He can play in the outfield, and he can also play at first base. The position flexibility with someone like him is something of value. I want to see the Nationals go that route this year. I want them to be aggressive, whether it be a Reese Hoskins type. Name that free agent that is in that caliber of a one-year prove-it deal, like a Lucas Giolito, for instance. I would be in that market because guys like that, there's really only win-win situations to come from it. Now, the Nationals, they could look at it the other hand and say, we don't want to. We want to see Jake Irvin maximize his opportunities up in the majors. We want to see Jackson Rutledge, or we want to see Trevor Williams. Who knows at this moment in time what the Nationals want? But if they were to open up the checkbook again and really kind of spend the money that we all want them to spend, then I think going for this one year, maybe overpay a Reese Hoskins by a couple million, overpay your Cody Bellinger, overpay your Lucas Giolito for just that one-year deal, If the Nationals were to go that route, that would probably be the smart thing to do. And it shouldn't just be one player, by the way. The Nationals, they did this for you-know-who last year, which it was fine with Jamar Candelario. But still, if they were to go a tier above that, you get your DJ Hers, you get your Kevin Madej back in return from the Cubs. But imagine if you had Cody Bellinger to trade away. Imagine if you had... Maybe Cody, or not Cody Pellinger again, but imagine if you signed Reese Hoskins this offseason. What could the Nationals do with that? Well, you could either have your first baseman and you try to extend him during the season, or you try to move on from him at the deadline. Hopefully he hits well here. Hopefully his power comes back to form. And hopefully he just looks good over at first base. And then you trade away for one of the better prospects on a team's system. You can take advantage of things like that. That is where the Nationals should be. And a team that is a bigger market team like the Nationals, you should be able to spend your money at a, at least the MLB average rate in which they haven't been able to do over the last few years here. So maybe overpaying for someone, it may sound bad on this side of it. It may not sound great. It may not sound ideal. But still, the Nationals, this is the market that they need to be in. You need to be paying that loser's tax a little bit because you're probably not going to have a Jason Worth type of signing this offseason. In fact, it's looking very slim, even though we are a little bit hopeful of it at some point. But going forward, it doesn't just mean you have to sit there and lay down and not do anything because the Nationals, they certainly can. You can go after that kind of former washed veteran pitcher. You can kind of go after and maybe make a trade for a disgruntled veteran out there like a Jonathan India 
and make smart trades for veteran players and maybe try to trade that veteran players. The Nationals, they got to play the game again. You have to kind of get back in this thing and maybe work some deals out because here's the thing that I think a lot of Nationals fans would agree with. We like Mike Rizzo. We all like Mike Rizzo. Mike Rizzo is a good baseball executive. He's still a top 10 executive in baseball, in my opinion, and that's not someone you're going to move off of. You're not going to. It's simple as that. But then also, I want to see them kind of be aggressive again. Trade for Josh Bell. Try to take a chance. Sign your Kyle Schorber to that one-year deal. I want the Nationals to kind of get back to the form that they were in at one point in time. Because that's where it makes sense the most at this moment in time. You want to see the Nationals get better. We all do. But still, it's got to start with moves like that. And that's when I think we could see a next step up for this Nationals team. Before we get into talking about Trevor Williams and his outlook, it'll be a kind of a quick segment. I think we all know where this is going, but Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports story of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, that is Locked On Sports Today over on YouTube. Next, let's get into a Trevor Williams outlook. What's going to be happening for the veteran right-handed pitcher? We're going to discuss that after this. Now we get back into it with Trevor Williams. Listen, this is no secret. We don't want to see Trevor Williams be a starting pitcher in the year of 2024. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. What are the Nationals going to do? Because here's the thing. He's going to be wearing that curly W going into 2024. You're going to have to do something with him. You're paying him a decent chunk of change, and maybe some people would say, well, you're going to have to make him a starting pitcher at this point. You've seen him have some quality starts here and there, but kind of as the season gone on, as the innings kind of piled up over time, it became more evident and more evident that he is not an everyday starting pitcher. This is something that if you're a locked-on national everydayer, you probably know where I'm going with this. This is kind of where the Nationals make my brain boil, you could say. Really just does. The reason why I say that is because they've had this weird thing in years past as well where you sign someone, but you don't necessarily play him to his strengths. You don't really play him to where he was once successful at. This Trevor Williams thing was ultimately a project. It was kind of a shot in the dark, you could say, signing him to that year because he was good. In 2022 with the Mets, he played a valuable role there. And the Mets and their fans, they certainly were not happy when Trevor Williams left for the Nationals. But the case was different there. Because he was in a role in which he was a lot more comfortable in. He was in a role where he was a lot more productive in. Going forward here with the Nationals, being an everyday starter, the production is not there. You're not really getting any production whatsoever. The production that we won't be able to see and that we won't really be able to calibrate as someone who is not always in there seeing and talking to everybody. Trevor Williams, here's the one thing with him. He is a veteran kind of leader and a presence in a clubhouse filled with a lot of youth. That is of value to a team in the middle of a rebuild. But also on the other hand, 
you need to win baseball games. That is Davey Martinez's job. That is Mike Rizzo's job. That is Trevor Williams' job in order to win baseball games and put your team in the best position to win. They haven't gotten that yet. And in fact, it's not looking like that they're going to be getting that going into this season. Because we heard Mike Rizzo, and he did say, and he alluded to this back in the GM meetings just a few weeks ago, that they will be in the market for a starting pitcher, just like everyone else, and as well as some relief pitchers. But who's going to be the one to move out? Because you have Josiah Gray, you have Mackenzie Gore, you've got Patrick Corbin that you're probably not going to move anywhere. You have Jake Irvin and Trevor Williams slash Jackson Rutledge. Then also when Cade Cavalli comes back, you're going to have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Who's going to be the one to move out of the bullpen? Well, if it was up to me, Patrick Corbin, one year left, you're just going to have to go out there and eat it for 32 starts. Sorry, that's just the way it's going to work. But with Trevor Williams, you can get value for someone like him in getting him into a role in which he is successful in. Because also, it's not even just about really him going out there and pitching well to help this team win. It also comes back to the other conversations. You can then trade him away for a prospect. It's not going to be some big, sexy, massive prospect, but it's going to be something to help kind of stockpile your system and rejuvenate a lackluster farm system that it's been over the last few years. And again, it's gotten better. It's a top 10 farm system now, but still, the more the merrier, in my opinion. So the Nationals, they're going to have to kind of recalibrate their approach to this. What do you want to do? Do you want to go out there every five days and have Trevor Williams give up four earned runs and five innings pitch? Or would you want to have him going out of the bullpen and be that fireman, kind of be the fire extinguisher of the starting rotation staff, going out there and when guys like are getting their teeth kicked in, whether it be a poor Josiah Gray start or a poor Mackenzie Gore start, whatever it is, Trevor Williams, a trusted veteran, someone who can eat up innings and save your bullpen, can then come in and save the day for you. Because postseason teams, you got to have guys like Trevor Williams. That is of value to any team going into October baseball. Similar as to stockpiling the prospects. More the merrier when it comes to pitching. People will call for the likes of Trevor Williams. People will want someone who is in that role who can kind of eat it for a few innings and save your bullpen. It may not seem like the biggest deal in the world, but in my opinion, if the Nationals were to do this, it would make all the sense in the world, and they would really just be the best move for everyone involved here. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'll catch you guys on tomorrow's show as we will be discussing more and more about the Nationals offseason. Of course, I'll catch you on the flip side.